0: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Into the Net FC, the Soccer Talk Discussion Segment of the Bear of Texas Podcast. I am Alex Alcazaz, a.k.a. the Bear of Texas, and ladies and gentlemen, I gotta say, France looked pretty good against Australia. Well... Well, it really was a slow and ugly start, somehow, some way, apparently France got it together in this game. I can't say got, get, they got it together overall, but they got it together in this game. I'll definitely give them the credit to where credit's due right there. But man, oh man, oh man. You know, I'm telling you, when I got the news that Kareem Benzema had gotten injured at training, and there was a chance that he would be out of the World Cup... My god, I got on my knees, I broke into tears, I sobbed, oh my god, it did not feel good. I was just so freaking devastated and heartbroken. Ugh. Oh, I was so excited to see Kareem Benzema perform at the World Cup level, but it just had to be ripped away from the guy. Oh, My god. All the injuries, man. And speaking of an injury, France lost somebody else today during the game. That would be Luca Hernandez, who suffered a knee injury just as Australia scored the first goal of the game in the ninth minute. Oh, the misery of misery of misery. How much worse can the situation get? Not just specifically for France, but specifically for all the teams participating in the World Cup. Oh. But, I suppose with Kareem Benzema not being there, Olivier Giroud, do- the door for him, is wide open once again, as we saw today, as he scored two goals for France. And he is now tied with Thierry Henry as the joint highest goal scorer for the French national team history. In other words, ladies and gentlemen... Olivier Giroud is tied with the legendary Thierry Henry as France's highest all-time leaning scorer with 51 goals. 51. And two goals in this game, both absolute beauties. And there was one time where Olivier Giroud almost had that, you know, did that with that beautiful scissors kick, almost had it. And my God, if he had converted, that would have been one hell of a moment. One hell of a moment. You know, first things first, when the lineup came out and when I saw it, of course, not surprisingly, I shook my head because I was happy to see Aurelian Chouameni get the start. And I, and I, and I got to say, I got to say that, uh, that Aurelian Chouameni actually looked pretty good. Sorry, I just got interrupted by YouTube. Yeah, I have my YouTube on my TV screen interrupting me. Anyway, Aurélien many. I gotta say, the dude looked absolutely amazing. At first, I was not happy, and I do mean unhappy with Adrien Rabiot playing, but based on how we played today, scored the equalizer and provided an assist, I gotta say, Adrien Rabiot actually looked pretty good. Of course, we all mentioned Adrien Rabiot, how four years ago, he was not originally selected to be on the World Cup squad, Didier Deschamps placed him on the reserve, but of course, uh, Adrian Rabiot sent an email being extremely upset about it. Didi Deschamps was not happy about it himself. Rabiot was basically ousted from the world, from the from the uh, national team for like two years. He was brought back as a starter for Euro 2020. That did not go well. we will never forget, you know, the story with Adrien Rabiot's mom getting into, you know, supposedly getting into an argument with Kylian Mbappe's father as well as Paul Pogba's parent, uh, mom, something like that. So I, I kind of find interesting yeah, the parents of the players. You know, getting into these arguments, you know, when the French national team totally crapped the bed in, in, you know, 2020 against Switzerland. So at the same time, yeah, the parents, here they are, the parents getting it together. And I would tell the parents, I'll tell you, I'll tell the players, you know what? You guys get your act together. So, anyway. So see, I mean, I'm telling you, seeing Giroud be deployed as the lone striker with Killian Mbappe, Ousmane Dembele, and Antoine Griezmann right behind him, I was actually pretty excited about that. You know, Antoine Griezmann being in the center, right behind uh, Olivier Giroud, somehow it, it has worked. And you know, Usman Dembélé, we'll never forget. Four years ago in the opening game, which you know, ironically was also against Australia, Usman Dembélé did not look good. And, to, and today, I gotta say, he also looked a whole lot better as well. I mean, the players at first did not look too good, but then you know, when they equalized and then started and then scored, you know, went on to score a total of you know three more goals. All of them were unanswered. France all of a sudden clicked, they were playing at a very high tempo pace, and they were scoring goals, most importantly they were playing as a team, so at first when the players, when France was playing at a very slow pace, that was really killing them, Australia was taking full advantage of it. The Socceroos were really, basically, looking at France as a team with no heart, no guts, not even willing to play at, at a high speed. Okay, so when Australia took advantage of that, when the Socceroos took advantage of it by scoring an absolutely beautiful goal, you know, by uh, by Goodwin, you know, in the ninth minute, in the ninth minute, you know, that's where I was, I was like thinking, oh, there we go, the curse might be sorry, the curse of the defending champions, right there, because you know. As we know, uh, ever since two thousand and two, the defending champions in the World Cup have absolutely crapped the bed. I mean, France did it twenty years ago when they lost their opening game to Senegal, and then in two thousand, and then in two thousand and ten when Italy suffered it. Two thousand fourteen, Spain, twenty eighteen, Germany, and here we are in two thousand twenty two. But make no mistake about it, ladies and gentlemen, France is not out of the woods yet. It's one game, but they won it convincingly. They still have to play Denmark and Tunisia. And speaking of Denmark, Denmark actually was held to a scoreless draw against Tunisia. And France has Denmark next. And Denmark, already in the Nations League, so far they embarrassed France. So France needs to get their act together big time now. I do mean it. They gotta get their act together big time. So, anyway, go back to the whole thing with the lineup. Uh, as I keep getting carried away, you know, Luka Hernandez getting hurt is a major, another major blow, but I got to say, his brother who filled in for him, Teo Hernandez, I mean, Teo Hernandez, now this dude, we want to talk about somebody who's just so criminally underrated? Teo Hernandez is just another magnificent example of the, of basically someone who's so badly criminally underrated. Teo Hernandez, man, The 25-year-old who plays for AC Milan, okay, plays as a left back, okay, you know, and he's so brilliant because he's basically seen as one of the best attacking left backs in the world. So for a defender, Theo Hernandez has an absolutely beautiful skill and a beautiful habit of being such a major threat in the attack. This dude... Tio Hernandez, he can be deployed as a defender. He can be deployed as an attacking midfielder. Dude, I would not be surprised if one day, if one day Tio Hernandez was deployed as a forward or as a striker because of his unique speed, his dribbling, his passes, the handling of the ball, the rhythm, the tempo, his magnificent ability to score goals. I would not be surprised if Theo Hernandez was deployed as a forward, as a, or as a striker. This dude can do it all. He can do it all. He is a gift for France. And you know, and I and I really hope now that with his brother heard and possibly being out of the tournament, you know, Julian Laurent basically kind of basically that's a report from them from ESPN FC. If this is the opportunity for Theo Hernandez and he's and he's doing good, then he, if I'm Didi Deschamps, I give it to him. Tio Hernandez immediately came in, filled in for his injured brother. Tio Hernandez did a fantastic job. So right now, you stick with Tio Hernandez. He's earned this opportunity. He's motivated. He's going to do whatever it takes to keep that spot and whatever it takes to help France win. You stick with Tio Hernandez. There is absolutely no single solitary reason whatsoever to not have Tio Hernandez starting at this point. All right? You know, and also seeing Dayo Upamecano, Ibrahim Konate, seeing those two in the center, you know, in the, in the defense, that I was actually excited. Especially about Ibrahim Konate and, and Upamecano, okay? Now, <coughs> excuse me, I mean, I'm still sick, y'all, but anyway. Now, I, I have to admit, though. I was pretty shocked and I do mean shocked that Rafael Varane was not in the starting lineup. But then again, he's still, you know, the injuries and everything and I think he's still recovering from the latest injury with Manchester United. So I think Didier Deschamps had to take a had to make a judgment call on that. So I mean Benjamin Pavard, I mean Pavard too, you know, had a couple of moments as well, so So, you know, know, when Australia scored and then the France got it together, I mean, Australia threatened a couple more times, but the French defense was kind of well intact. But, you know, France, you know, scoring four uninsured goals. And the interesting part is that, you know, each goal had an assist. You know, I think, I believe Rabiot's goal, I believe the assist came from Tio Hernandez, if I'm correct. I'm not, uh, I forgot. I mean, uh... Uh, cause you know, like I said, all of them, you know, I watched the highlights and now here all, all of a sudden <laughs> I can't even remember, uh, you know, the bottom line is how all of them, you know, had a, had an assist. And when, you know, in a game like this, when all the goals have an assist, I mean, again, you know, it kind of shows, you know, how the players, you know, are playing as a team. So, uh, anyway, let me, uh, so, together right there, I got the details right here. Kind of, you know, make sure I don't cough. Yes, my I, I was actually correct. Yes, the assist, uh, Rabiot's goal came from a, an, an assist from Hernandez. And then when Giroud gave France the lead five minutes later, I mean, that that assist was from, was from Adrien Rabiot. And then, you know, France went out at halftime, you know, up 2-1. to one, And then it wasn't until the 68th minute until France, you know, finally adds a third, you know, killing Mbappe. You know, killing Mbappe. Man, I'm telling you, that dude, when we saw Mbappe's, you know, his his pace, I mean... I was you know, watching the game with my dad, I and mean, my dad was saying you know, that Mbappe was the only player utilizing a high tempo skill. And then after that, France, all, France, all did it. I mean, Mbappe's speed all speaks for itself. I mean, we've seen how fast Mbappe is. Okay. And you know, speaking of Mbappe, I mean, unfortunately for him, he missed you know several goal scoring chances as well. I mean, especially when uh when he he made you know he was right there, but the, he kicked the ball too hard and it flew right over the goalpost. You know, that really honestly should have been a goal, but. You know, and Mbappe's. You know, unfortunately, but that, that dude dude sometimes. You know, with bad luck. You know, he he can't. He he just can't get the ball to go into the back of the net. But Mbappe is still a prolific goal scorer. And when Mbappe finally had his goal off of a header, you know, it, it bounced off the bar and then went in. Man, that that was great. And you know, that assist came from Usman Dembele. So it's good to see. And then you know. And then, and then I'm telling you, when Mbappé provided the assist to Olivier Giroud's second goal in the, in the 71st minute, Mbappé was, really, was redeeming himself big time. I mean, Mbappé scores a beautiful goalie, provides a beautiful assist. You know, France basically scoring those goals. France was playing as a unique, cohesive unit, okay? In other words, they were trusting each other. They, they were on the same page. They were the exact way that France needs to be. Playing as a team, being focused. Okay, so I think so. That's like it. In this game, they got their act together, and I can only pray—and I do mean only pray—that can get a key, can keep the act together, so that way they can make it out of the group stage, have a deep run, a deep run in the knockout stage. And by the grace of God, just hopefully, this is what I seriously pray for, despite everything I've said about Deshaun, the national team, successfully retained the world championship and add a third star to the jersey. Okay? France just has to keep their damn act together and just play sublime soccer. If they can do that, they can win it all again. And that this game against Australia, you know, I'll be honest, I did not panic at first. I was I was concerned, I was frustrated when, when France conceded first. And it was a ninth minute, but I still felt there was more than enough time to come back and win the game, okay? And they did. So when they equalized, like, okay, here we go, and then they score and they make it 2-1. I'm like, well, now the momentum is shifted into France's favor. So everything looked good, but, you know, so giving a lot of credit to France, you know, even though the scoreboard said France 4 and Australia 1, you know, you know, and speaking of of all the of all the miscues, I mean, even France, you know, those miscues. I mean, four big chances missed for this French national team, <laughs> four. So this goal, I, mean, I mean, Mbappe, you know, probably should have had at least a hat trick. I mean, even Giroux, even Giroud had a miss of his own. So, you know, see, that's what's been that, that's what's been a huge problem for France, you know, for so long. I mean, having the you know basically all the missed goal, goal scoring opportunities, all the scoring chances just gone right down the toilet. So, you know, but here's, a, here's actually something very positive about France. France made it through this game with without getting a yellow card. So that's, that's the discipline right there. So France looked pretty disciplined, okay, without a freaking yellow card. Huh. So <clears throat> so while France played, you know, respectably well, got, got their act together, obviously the four big chances missed, all the goal-scoring opportunities missed, you know, can't go unnoticed, but, you know, seven shots on target and scoring four times... That is actually pretty respectable. That's pretty respectable. But, you know, of course, you, you can't make every single shot. I mean, the likes of England, Argentina, Brazil, I mean, you know, they, they missed their goal-scoring opportunities as well. But, you know, that's them, and France needs to be France. I mean, they got to worry about themselves. But, you know, check this out. Another interesting thing, no offsides in this game from both sides, <laughs> from both teams. <laughs> How rare is that right there? So, you know, 55 successful deals for France, you know, the deep, I mean, the French defense intercepting 12 passes, but only six clearances. But, you know, and, you know, Hugo Lloris, you know, didn't even make a save because, you know, there was only that one goal after that. I mean, Australia had one shot on target and they converted. So, so when I go back and say Australia threatened, you know, I always say just be, when somebody, when a team threatens, that doesn't necessarily mean they make it to the point where they have a shot on goal. Basically, a, a scoring threat can be foiled early. OK, so that's what France did. So Australia would threaten early, would threaten, but France would foil those attempts immediately to keep the ball away from the penalty box, to keep the ball away from their goalie. So, you know, but, you know, Olivier, I'm going to tell you when that Australian player kicked that ball so well and just barely missed, even Hugo Lloris had to dive, you know, do a full body dive and you know, like that, man. I'm telling you, Australia, I mean, I'm telling you within the first 30 minutes, you know, within the first like 20, 25 minutes. The Socceroos, Australia, they were dominating France. They were humiliating, and I do mean humiliating France. Because France would would basically threaten to attack, and even though sometimes Australia would foil those attacks early, France would basically come this close to scoring only for Australia to deny them. So that's why I'm telling you, with such deep conviction, at one point in the game for a while, Australia was the dominant force. France was getting bullied by Australia, okay? But it all went away. France turned the tables big time, and that was it. But Australia with 22 clearances, seven blocks while France had zero, and two saves by the Australian goalkeeper. See? The goal... You know, the scoreboard says one thing, but we can't ignore some of the important stats that were registered by the Australian players, okay? You know, a 70% know tackle accuracy you know 53 you know for australia as well and you know the area the successful aerial duels i mean france you know having 16 of them you know th- this game was hard fought you know especially for france you know france basically came in this game you know i can't say at first they were under, under- underestimating the australians because i would say if they had truly been completely arrogant france would not have been able to recover and france did so france so France at first, I, basically, because I noticed at first, they were not playing at a high-tempo pace. And then when they, and then all of a sudden, you know, when they scored, you know, previously for the past, like, 5, 10 minutes, you know, before Adrien Rabiot equalized, France's speed began to increase. So all of a sudden, France... So I kind of believe France just decided to wait until the time was right. And I think that when Australia scored, France decided that the time was going to come much sooner than we originally anticipated. Because I noticed when France, all of a sudden, when the, when the tempo picked up big time, France was all over it. I mean, France scoring two goals in a span of five minutes, you know that the, that the tempo picked up big time. okay? And it's really interesting. So two goals scored within five minutes, and then another two goals scored within three minutes. So maybe France slowed down a little bit, but then picked it up again. So And that that's what I saw. So France did slow down a few more times, but then all of a sudden they started picking it up again. So France was basically playing in terms of psychology. So it wasn't just like physical play as well, but they were kind of noticing when they need to go fast again. Now, personally, I think they should always go at high tempo at at all times, especially depending on who you play, because France needs to be at a high tempo so they can wear out the opposition. If they can wear out the opposition, they can basically have an easier time creating scoring chances, and God willing, they can cash in on those scoring opportunities. But again, you know, France, you know, even if they play against a worn-out team, I mean, France can still, you know, crap out on the uh, on the scoring opportunities. But but France was basically playing in terms of psychology in this one, you know, kind of going back and forth between the speed and the pace and everything. I mean, fr- France played that kind of game, and this is what we, we what we needed to do. Basically, play at a tempo where the tempo changes. Not and not only that, I mean the tempo would change at a, at times where Australia wouldn't expect it. So, so France was kind of playing in a psycholo- psychological way that they wanted to be two steps ahead of the opposition. Like they wanted to basically have every single advantage on their side. Like France wanted to hold all the cards and make sure that they hold they held all the aces. They did not want to afford Australia any more opportunities, but Australia still managed to take some. But but you know, I, I you know, you, you got to give the credit to France. I mean, France did good, and honestly, you know, right now, you know, I'm, I'm sure, you know, the fiercely opinion, Mr. Josh McSwain, he watched the game, he had a couple of words to say. Uh, I'm pretty, I'm, I'm pretty sure, you know, uh, you know, he, he, he definitely would, would have said to me that, you know, that I have to admit that France played a whole lot better than I thought, and you know, I, I am, I am actually surprised France did play a whole lot better than I thought, but again, they. If they can do it like this, they need to make it through the group stage by winning every single game convincingly, and then make a deep run in the play, a deep run of the knockout stage to defend the title to the best of their ability. And the best way to do it is to retain it. So, again, I can only hope, I can pray, only pray that they can keep their act together, continue to play well as a team. Excuse me, as a team. Okay, and then the possibilities of retaining the title are definitely going to increase. Is it going to be easy? you going against the likes of England, Brazil, well, whoever. No, it never is. It's even Germany, it never is. But as long as France gets their act together and they keep it together, they're focused, motivated, playing with a winning mentality. They can succeed and they can win the title again. Right now, the, their chances are definitely a, a minimal, I would say, still because of uh, the fact that you know, a lot of players are not there. You know, the the young midfield and the the young and inexperienced midfield and defense. But so far, so good. If they can keep it up, then, well, they can certainly prove the critics wrong. Most importantly, they can prove me wrong. And if France continues to do so, I'll be back here to praise them and give them the credit that they deserve. But again, for now, I can only pray that they can keep their act together, continue to play as a team, and maintain that positive motivation and passionate winning mentality. Ladies and gentlemen... Into the Net FC is available to you on all streaming platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and YouTube. Thank you all very, very much for joining me today, and I will see you all next time